Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. You know, the Lord Jesus makes some surprising statements in his word, and sometimes you just have to stop and think about them. Many people know and can even quote John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But there are two amazing truths in this one verse. First, that God so loved the world, and secondly, that God actually gave his only son, to this poor world so devastated by the effects of sin, his wonderful son, so loved and perfect, and without any fault, was given for sinners. What a tremendous statement. In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Stephen Harper pauses to consider these two tremendous facts and brings to us the wonder of God's great love and his provision for a lost world. So we're going to turn to John's Gospel, chapter 3, and read a very, very well-known Gospel verse, verse number 16. Chapter 3, and this lovely and very precious verse, number 16. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's such a precious verse, I'd like to read it to you again, please. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We used to sing as children 25 words in John 3.16. No greater text has ever been seen. Twelve about God, twelve about me, the Son, S-O-N, in the center, verse 16 John 3. And it is true, no greater text has ever been seen. We were thinking from John's Gospel, chapter 4, about a woman who had a life-changing encounter with the Lord Jesus. And here in John chapter 3, we read the story of a man, this time a religious man, a very upright man living on the clean side of the broad road, and he had a life-changing encounter with the Lord Jesus. I'm not sure whether the Lord Jesus spoke the words of John 3.16 to Nicodemus or whether they are the words of John the Apostle as he recounts what happened that evening to Nicodemus. But I can tell you this, these words are very, very precious to me because I recall a night 38 years ago when I Drinking in the truth of this glorious gospel verse, I had a life-changing encounter with the Lord Jesus. It thrills my soul to have the opportunity to tell you that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Usually when I'm preaching, 
I'm preaching to an audience very different from this one. And usually I'm preaching in a setting that would be very different from this one because usually I'm preaching in Central Africa and very often I'm preaching in the open air and very often I might be preaching to hundreds, maybe several hundreds of people gathering with an ear to hear the gospel. But I can tell you this, I get no more joy, whether it's in Central Africa or here in Canada, I get no more joy than to be able to open the Bible, that accurate, that reliable message that we've been hearing about, and to tell you with all the love that's in my heart, the love of God that has been spread abroad in my heart, and with all the confidence in God that I can muster, and with all the zeal, and with all the entreaty that is in my heart this evening, there's nothing gives me greater joy than to be able to tell men and women and boys and girls that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever, that just means whoever, and it means you, and it means me, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, it gives me so much joy to tell you that this evening, because I have complete confidence in this message that if you were to take the place that I took as a little boy of 10. Some of you are around about that age. Some of you, many of you are much older than that. But I have confidence this evening that if you were to drink in the truth of that as I did all those years ago, that your life would never be the same again. And I mean for the better. For I don't know anyone who ever came to Christ and regretted it. I've said this so many times. The only regret that anyone has when they come to Christ is that they didn't do it sooner. Do you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior? Do you have the joy, the deep, deep joy of knowing him and of being absolutely sure that, to use the words of another gospel verse, you've passed from death unto life and you've entered into and you're enjoying the wonderful blessings of what the Lord Jesus himself said, is abundant life, life to the full. He said concerning his sheep, those who who follow him, those who have believed in him, he said, I give unto my sheep eternal life and they shall never perish. He spoke about himself as the good shepherd who'd come to give his life for the sheep. And he spoke about the fact that, that the life that they have is abundant life. As we think about these beautiful, these 25 words, I just want to break it down for you in this way. I want you to think that these words that we've read together this evening, they bring before us two very surprising declarations. There's two very surprising statements in these 25 words. The first of those very surprising statements is this, God loved the world. I wonder, do you ever stop to think about just how surprising that is? And in fact, you must forgive me because I have misquoted that statement. Because what makes the statement even more surprising is this, that it doesn't just say that God loved the world. It says God so loved the world. I wonder, could you think about the greatness, the surprise that's in that statement? God so loved the world. I've often thought about what this verse might have said. This verse might have said, 
God made the world. That would be true. It would be absolutely true that God made the world. Acts chapter 17, verse 24, if you just want one single statement, the Apostle Paul said, God who made the world. And of course, there's a whole host of other verses in our Bible that that support that and make it very, very clear. God made the world. It's his. He made the world according to his own plan. It was in the wisdom of God that this marvelous creation in which we're found, it was in his wisdom and according to his plan that he made the world. The Bible tells us that he didn't only make it to his own plan, but he made it by his own power. And the surprising thing is this, it was the word of his power. You see, God is so great that the Bible makes it clear, this is the accurate, reliable word of God. Someone has said it comes to us hot with the breath of God. Isn't that a wonderful expression? It comes to us hot with the breath of God. And he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. This is the God that we present to you this evening. The God who by the word of his power made the world. He made it to his own plan. He made it by his own power. He made it for his own pleasure. And you see, that's what makes it such a serious thing to be one of God's creatures. Because God made this entire world for his own pleasure and to bring glory to himself. And he made you for that purpose too. And that's what makes it such a serious thing to live without God. Because God, by his own power, by his own word, and according to his own plan, and for his own purpose, he made the world, and he made you. And you belong to him, in the sense that a creature belongs to its creator. God made the world. The Bible tells us that God will judge the world. Romans chapter 3 verse 6 speaks about the judgment of God because this world that we're found in this evening is not the same world that God created. Now, you'll understand the sense in which I mean that. It is the same world that God made, but it's a different world. Why is it a different world? Well, it's a different world because when God had finished making the world, he saw that the work of his hand was very good. And yet you could hardly say that about this cruel, heartless, sinful world in which we live today. So much enmity and hatred, so much selfishness, so much violence. And you know, as we look without and and we find so much to condemn in others, the reality, the sad reality is, if only we were honest, we would look within and would be able to agree with God that there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, every day that you've lived without God, every day that you've lived for yourself, I know that you're here in a gospel meeting this evening, you're here in a religious building, at a religious service, so you probably think, as you might reasonably think, you you probably think, I'm I'm not like so many other people in the world around me. And I'm, I'm certainly not living a terribly sinful life the way some people do. And that may well be true. But I want you to remember, please, I want you just to consider this fact, that every day, every hour, every moment of your life that you've lived without God, you've lived in denial of the very purpose for which God made you. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He made you for his glory. 
Every day that you have lived independently from him, you've fallen short of his glory. So our verse might have said God made the world. It might have said that God shall judge the world. But did you listen to what it actually said? It says God so loved the world. And that's a surprising thing to me in many respects. Because I look within my own heart. I'm I'm so glad for the grace of God. I'm so glad for his long suffering, for his mercy. Because I look within my own heart and I know that I'm an unloving and unlovable person. I see the darkness in my own heart. I feel the shame. And I bow my head and I just wonder, how could God love a sinner like me? And yet the Bible says, would you listen? God so loved the world. Here's the second surprising statement. He gave his only son. He gave his only son. He so loved the world. He so loved you. He so loved me. He so loved this country of Canada. He so loved that dear little part of the world that I come from, Northern Ireland, that he gave his only begotten son, the darling of his bosom, the one who never sinned, the one who was eternally with him. He gave him. He gave him. What did he give him to? Some will tell us. He gave him to be our teacher. God gave him to be our teacher to advise us. Some will say, he gave him to be our exemplar, to lead us, to give us an example that we should follow. And yes, it's true. He was a great teacher. And the Lord Jesus is a wonderful example. But I am so glad that the Lord Jesus didn't just come as a teacher and as an exemplar because I'm such a bad student. I can never learn what he teaches. And I'm such a bad follower that I can never live up to his example. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He gave him to be my savior. What this world needs is not a teacher. And what this world needs is not another example, just like the Lord Jesus. What this world needs and what you need is a savior. A savior. And the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Lord Jesus didn't come just to the synagogues of Jerusalem and of, of Galilee to be a teacher. He didn't just come to walk through the streets and plains of Galilee to set an example to those around about him. But he came to Jerusalem so that outside a city wall he might go to that dreadful place Its name is Golgotha, Calvary. The Lord Jesus, he came from heaven and he went to the cross at Calvary to shed his precious blood, to die there, to be a savior. Christ Jesus came into the world, sinners to save. Do you know him? Have you trusted him? Have you ever thought for a moment that when the Lord Jesus Christ suffered and died upon the cross, it was for a sinner like you and like me. And I love to think about the death of the Lord Jesus because God's justice demands payment for sin. But when we come to a verse like this, John 3.16, it tells us that God's love provides the payment for sin. Without a Savior, you and I are lost. But God so loved the world that he gave his only 
begotten Son. My time's about gone. I would love to take a little time this evening and tell you about two starkly different destinations. The verse tells us about the dreadful reality of perishing. Perishing. There's something horrendous just about that word, isn't there? To perish. To be lost. You're in grave danger in your sins. Because without a saviour, you're, you're in danger of perishing. Perishing for all eternity. But the, the verse tells us this evening, may I quote it again, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. By the way, should not perish. That's just old English. There's, there's no element of doubt there. It's absolutely certain. We can read that. Will not perish. Will not perish. But have everlasting life. I'd love to speak to you about everlasting life this evening. You know, it is something to look forward to. That's absolutely true. But I'm glad to tell you, there's nothing like being saved because everlasting life is something that you enjoy right here and now. And if you don't have everlasting life, you've never begun to live. Till you come to the Savior, you've never begun to live. Abundant life, eternal life, everlasting life. Two very surprising declarations. God loved the world. God gave his Son. Two starkly different destinations. The awful reality. Oh, that God would weigh this upon my heart, even as I said. The awful reality that someone listening to me just now might eternally perish. The awful prospect being lost. But the great reality, the great possibility of having eternal life. But here's the thing now. There's just one simple decision. Just one simple decision. You remember last week we were preaching from John 4 and the Lord Jesus told that dear woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, you would have asked of him and he would give you living water. It's just as simple as asking him for living water. John 3.16 makes it just as simple, just as clear, just as plain. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You can stake your life upon it. You can build your eternity upon it. God says, trust my Son. Trust him. Believe upon him. Rely upon him. And whoever does that, not whoever joins the gospel hall, not whoever is baptized, not whoever leads a good, clean, upright life, or any of those kinds of things. Did you hear it now? Whosoever believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. 25 words, John 3.16 no greater text has ever been seen. Twelve about God. Twelve about me. Get to the sun in the center. Get to the sun, S-O-N, in the center. Verse 16, John 3. 
So there it is, two tremendous and surprising declarations about the love of God and his willingness to give his only son, and two vastly different destinations, heaven and hell. Which destination is yours totally depends upon you. God has made the first move. He has expressed his love in the sending of his son, and the Lord Jesus Christ showed his love by giving up his life as a sacrifice for sin. And now, the choice is yours. Will you accept God's great provision and enjoy the abundance he has promised, both in time and for eternity? Or will you not respond to God's offer and end up in a place where God's love cannot reach you? Make the wise decision today, won't you? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message, and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.